and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. How are we doing today? Uh, today we actually have a very, very special episode for you. It is, uh, of course, you're listening to Beyond the Panel on UMFM. Uh, I am your host, Brian, along with the effervescent <laughs> Curtis Mentor. The Mentsworth. return of that amazing phrase. I am happy to be here, man, as always. And we have a very special episode. Sorry for... I'll get, I'll get, I'll get back to you in a second, Curtis. Uh, we have a very special episode today. It's uh, Pledgerama here at UMFM. Uh, of course, uh, it's our donation drive. We are doing it in order to help raise money uh, to keep the wonderful programming on air that we, like this show, for example, as well as improving everything so that way you can uh, hit us up for like a whole bunch of different awesome new things. Uh, so, of course, if you want to pledge to us, you can uh, hit us up on... Uh, the telephones at 474-6610, which is great. Um, You can pledge there, or you can hit us up at umfm.com slash pledge. Uh, Every single incentive level comes with awesome stuff, including a uh, UMFM Friends with Benefits card, uh, UMFM uh, earplugs, stickers, tote bags, toques, some awesome t-shirts, and of course, if you donate... $25 $25 or more to this particular show, uh, we have a whole entire stack of comics, volumes, and issues stuff. that you can pick and choose from as you so wish. We have uh, Jeff Lee Meyer's Descender, which very cool. is a very unique, interesting, awesome-looking... Um, it's painted, painted sci-fi comic from w- Image. Which is great. We have a couple of issues of Spider-Man The Gauntlet. Yeah, uh, We have stuff. Spider-Man Nuff Said. Uh, Frank Miller's Ronin, Mark Wade's Justice League, Midsummer's Nightmare. Pre- precursor to Morrison's run. Yeah, and XO uh, uh, Manowar oh, Retribution. Val- Valiant Comics. Yes. Yeah, great stuff. Um, of course, if more than seven people donate $25 or more, Curtis and I will cook up some more stuff oh, to make sure, sure that everybody is compensated properly. We want to thank you guys so much. Uh, currently, right now, we are up to $26,508.53. That is Out fantastic. of our $34,000 goal. So, call in now, of course, if you want to donate and get in on this sweet comic book action. $25 or more nets you one of those seven comics of your choice. Uh, of course, first come, first serve. Uh, you can catch us. Of course, we have our smooth operators piloting the telephones. You can Call at 204-474-6610 or at umfm.com slash pledge. Curtis, why is our episode so special today? Why is today's episode? Well, we are talking about one of the most iconic characters in all of comics, uh, someone who has been around since 1939. That is Batman. I'm Batman. Great, great impression. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely couldn't do a Batman voice like Bale. It's also entirely supremely special because we uh, have been blessed and given an entire hour to talk yes, about Batman that today. too. Uh, so we can we can talk a little bit more freely about a character who has been around for quite some time and someone that we both love quite a bit. It's also pretty cute. <laughs> so uh, I actually want to kick this off. We've, we've broken this down into chunks. We're each going to talk and discuss our favorite Batman storyline, our favorite Robin, our favorite Bat villain, and our favorite bat movie. Yeah. And hopefully we'll be able to keep that under an hour. <laughs> um, I think we can do it. And of course we're going to finish off with our our normal every 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 episode. What are you what are you reading? Top sellers. Yeah, breaking it all down for so, next week. Let me let me ask you first then Curtis. Uh of course we have both read uh, an insane amount of Batman comics. Oh yeah. Uh Huge. what what is Batman fan? What is there are so many good storylines out there. No Man's Land, Hundreds. Year Zero, uh Dark Knight Returns, um uh, Killing Joke, Death in the Family. What is your favorite even if it's not one of those, what is your favorite bat story? Okay, well I mean the thing with the thing with Batman is yeah, like you said, he has so many iconic storylines. It it's very hard to pick one that's a, that's like a hands down a favorite. But one that I think that readers uh, and viewers, listeners might might want to check out. I'm sure everyone has at least heard Killing Joke uh, 
mentioned in passing. So I'm not going to necessarily say that, although that is a super classic storyline. Have you seen the uh, the movie, the, the animated movie, movie? Minus the 25 minute intro was pretty spot on. Yeah, I, yeah, the I intro not, was. I did not like the intro. The intro like was everyone else. really bad. But uh, yeah, it, it was pretty good. Um, so yeah, I mean, every, everyone knows Killing Joke is a great story. Uh, everyone knows, you know, Batman Year One by Frank Miller uh, is a great story. But I'm going to highlight something that I think maybe not a lot of people have checked out, but I think deserves a spot on the best. Definitely deserves a spot on the best Batman stories, and that well, is, is Batman: it? The Black Mirror by Scott Snyder. He wrote that in was it uh, Detective Comics? Yes, that was uh, that was before the New Fifty Two. So this was written in two thousand ten. Uh, that was Detective Comics. It was in the eight hundreds. I'd have to look up the exact list, but it was like you, the, you you go. I'll look it up. Yeah, sounds good. So Batman, Batman the Black Mirror is basically Scott Snyder starting his Batman run before he got handed the main Batman series. Basically, what that is about is at this point in time, Batman Bruce Wayne uh, just came back from the dead, and he set up his Batman Incorporated uh, kind of company. So he's out in the world setting that up. So this is actually Dick Grayson as Batman. I love but Dick Grayson's Batman. But it's a great Dick as Batman storyline. So he he is the main Batman in this. Um, and it's basically about a secret society of Gotham, you know, socialites, all these rich and famous people. Uh, and they're in this, this, basically this secret auction that's bidding all these various uh, kind of paraphernalia of various villains like old weapons there's man bad serum yeah yeah it's really cool they're so they're they're basically a bunch of rich and wealthy people are buying up all these like villainous artifacts from past you know adventures that storyline is really heavy oracle yeah, right? Oracle is in that quite a bit because Which is, the of other course, half of that story... For the uninitiated, Oracle is Barbara Gordon, yes. um, previously Batgirl. The, the daughter of Commissioner Gordon. Who is crippled during the events of Killing Joke. Yeah, and this is, and like I said, because this is before New 52 continuity, everything that's happened in the past like has stayed, so she's still in her wheelchair. But uh, the return of Commissioner Gordon's son, who not a lot of people know about, makes an appearance in this storyline, and he's kind of a crazed psycho who is out to get Barbara. Which is kind of wacky. Yeah, it's a really interesting psychological storyline. Snyder writes these characters so well, which is why he got handed the job. It runs Detective Comics 871 to 881. Yeah, yeah, it was right at the tail end of Detective Comics that he was writing that. Very good artwork by Jock and Francesco Francavilla. Uh, Really cool storyline. I, I would definitely recommend it. I don't think a lot of people are aware of it, which is why I wanted to highlight that for a bit. But why don't you tell me, you know, a story that particularly impacts you or something that you enjoy quite a bit, Brian? Well, unlike unlike you, uh, I have I have a distinguished like there are a lot of good, really like there are a lot of really amazing bad yeah, storylines. There's lines, so many, but so I have I have a now. distinguished. Oh, you do have an absolute cut favorite, favorite okay. and that's um, the Scott Snyder written Court oh, of the Owls storyline. Oh, it's so good because not so only good. not only is it is it just such a so the Court of the Owls is basically there's this ancient conspiracy or this this group of of high high-bred, high-born individuals mm-hmm. that, like, run Gotham from the shadows, right? Yeah, all these rich and, and wealthy people. They they pick and groom these children from a very young age. They train them with uh, to be, like, assassins, and then they put, like, a certain copper chip in one of their teeth that not mm-hmm. only allows them to be controlled, but allows them to be frozen and unfrozen at will. Yeah, when they that need was them really to, cool. When they need them to go kill somebody, which I think is a really unique thing. And Bruce has no clue that this exists. He's been defending... He's the world's greatest detective, has no idea that, like, the 13th floor of all of these buildings in Gotham are, like... Yeah, the, the conspiracy these was secret, so interesting. These secret talent hideouts. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he's trying to figure out what the heck's going on, and all of a sudden, like, the court, who's been watching him this entire time... Uh, you know, starts like taunting him and claiming like, "Oh, we've we've let you do this for a really you know, long you, time." You think you know your city, but we've been here this whole time. We've been here this whole knowing. time controlling yeah, the, controlling so cool. these events, and he is like losing his mind thinking about this. And there's this. Uh, there are two. There are two particular sets that I want to talk about. One, um, there's one scene 
or one set of scenes that I, I find think I know the one you're talking about very entertaining where uh, they he figures out what's up and he's at Wayne Manor and he has he's like doing a whole bunch of research into like who the talons are and all of a sudden they send all of the talons to his house yeah his house is swarming with like Ancient assassins. 200 ancient assassins. Yeah. And it he's like, nuts. he's running around on the roof in his bathrobe fighting these guys. <laughs> and he slides. It was so Bruce Wayne. He slides down oh, the chimney goodness. in his bathrobe into the bat cave <laughs> to escape so these talons. And he locks him and Alfred into the armory. Yeah, his, and, his like emergency room. And Alfred's like panicking because these talons are like throwing themselves against the armory door and they're like, almost about to break through and Bruce is like I'm gonna need you to be real calm Alfred <laughs> and all of a sudden the talons finally get the door open and it's Bruce sitting in like at least a 20 foot tall mecha bat costume something that he must have spent a fortune on and an insane amount of time and he just says get the hell out of my house <laughs> yeah he in like a classic like it's 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 so like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino, get off my that lawn scene old was man so good it was so and Scott Snyder knows when to insert like intentional but like super low-key comedy and that was the thing about his run that was one of them yeah batman's a really serious and like brooding dark character and this is a really serious story yeah but there are like kind of more funny or light-hearted scenes between like bruce and alfred because they are like so close to each other and other scenes like that and and the scene where he like literally slaps the tooth out of of, uh, yeah he he punches him uh, in the face to get and and mysteriously manages to knock the one tooth he needs out of his mouth (laughs) Batman, Um, but yeah, so great story. That um, that scene is is classic and so funny, and it's just so it it pinpoints what I find so odd. There are things about that story that aren't well written, and that is one of them, right? So the court, uh, the entire premise is that like both of these like these two parties, Bruce, who is supposedly the world's greatest detective, and the Court of the Owls, who is supposedly supposed to have been controlling everything in Gotham since, like, the beginning of Gotham. Yeah, like the 1800s. And on one hand, Bruce doesn't know that these nuts exist. And on the other hand, the Court of the Owls had no idea that this this eccentric billionaire superhero was building a mecha bat suit in his bat cave. Like, it's so unbelievable from both sides that it's just funny. Yeah, that that storyline was Batman issue one to twelve, and then all the other Bat Family characters, of course, yes. tied into that. All of there, there so are it was several like year long event. There, basically. there's because the 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 Nightwing run that happens at the same time corresponds with that. Like yeah, it adds all so the many Bat Family. So like, yeah, there's a core twelve issue event, but I would recommend also reading like all the tie-ins. As yeah, well I would. For everyone. Yeah, I would recommend the twelve the twelve issue Batman event. I would recommend the twelve issues of Nightwing that correspond with that and then i think there's two issues of two issues of batgirl one issue of red hood a couple of there's a catwoman there's uh, a catwoman one there's two or three batgirl issues yeah yeah there is there is a ton of uh a ton of extra material that kind of coincides so it's court of the owls and then the follow-up storyline was night of the owls yes um so or the the city of owls i guess and that whole event is just referred to as night of the owls and of course you heard me talk last week during our fantastic four episode about how much um, how how much uh, good paneling as as a form of storytelling yeah, does? Yeah, I for know, me. I know where this is heading. Yeah. And there is uh, a particular. I was thinking the same. There's one entire issue of uh, uh, during this run where the Court of the Owls has captured Batman and stuck him in this alabaster maze. Yeah, he's basically their <gasps> prisoner, and he's trying to navigate his way through the underground lair. There's a fountain full of water, and the water is laced with like hallucinogens and he's also been awake for like one week straight which is like insane and so he's losing his mind and the way that that they go about um the art of it is that like everything is never exactly what it seems and every single page that you turn you have to flip like rotate yeah, the you, comic you physically have, have to, to move, move the comic to, to like in order understand to, the story and be able to read it's it which genius. is it's brilliant because you experience what bruce is experiencing and you're like twisting around and you're like this doesn't make sense and you're like flipping it the other way and you're like all confused and none of it makes sense but like as you get to the end it starts to make yeah, more and more was, and more it sense brilliant it's so good and and, and Bruce literally punches through the wall of one of the panels. Yeah, yeah. It's such a fourth wall breaking thing. It, oh my god! Definitely got to give credit to Greg Capullo on that. Oh, it's uh, for, for the art. It's 
so incredible. Scott Snyder is such an incredible author, and Greg is such an incredible artist, and the way that they assembled that entire run. Jeff Johns presided over it as like the head of like DC Creative during that time period. Yeah, he's uh, the CCO, uh, Chief Creative Officer. And everything... Everything, every single one of those Bat Family comics, every single way that it tied in, that entire storyline was brilliant. And the only thing that I have to say about it was I was really disappointed with like the like how quickly the ending came. Well, it, it's it's a whole long run. So yeah, after after that storyline wraps up, we go we move on to the uh, the death of the family arc, right? Uh, with issue thirteen of uh, Batman. So it does kind of wrap it up, but at the same time, the court is not. Like, they're not entirely defeated at the end. Like, they still exist. It I'm wasn't not, a definitive I really, like that. I really, really super do not want to spoil this because it, no, is, we, it is one of those mystery I, we comics. Can't say the twist or anything, but just know, like, the court, they've been around all this time. They're not going to be so swiftly defeated, but it was very oh, interesting. Ending. It's insanely well put together. I just, I, I cannot say enough good things the about the The way he built, the way Snyder builds into the existing Batman mythos by saying that they've been around this whole time, it, it's not a retcon, but it's basically just saying like, yeah, they've been here this whole time and they've been doing all these things. Everything. It was so brilliant. Everything. Uh, is there any other storylines you want to talk about, or do we, are we ready to move on? Well, uh, other other honorable mentions. Um, so, yeah, definitely people, I think, would definitely be served well to just start with that, just because it is modern Batman. It's the start of New 52. So if you want to get into Batman, just read Court of the Owls and take it from there. I mean, that's a really good place to jump and in. And then if you're really, you know, liking Batman stuff, you can go back and read classics like The Killing Joke, Year One, you know, Dark Knight Returns, Batman The Long Halloween. Those are all No Man's Land's like, really good, too. No Man's Land is a great 90s huge huge epic yeah. um that was that was really good the the crazy thing about that that was written by bob yale who also wrote the back to the future movies yeah especially if you really which enjoy I didn't know about for a long time until i figured out who bob gale was <laughs> if uh if you really enjoy how batman interacts with society and how specifically batman interacts with superman those that one and and uh, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, those are such such a great. Uh, I guess highlighting how he how he interacts with others, how he views you know himself in relation to like his allies and things like that. Yeah, very very great stuff. Um, so next, uh, did you want to talk about favorite Robins or favorite villains? Favorite. Let's do favorite Robins. Okay, so I think we both have the same favorite Robin, but I'm gonna take. I'm gonna talk about a different Robin just so you can you can have your moment. Okay. Uh, so for me, and a lot of people know this about me, is my favorite Robin has always been Tim Drake, and Tim Drake is the third Robin, so he comes after. Dick being the first, Dick Grayson, Jason Todd being the second, and then Tim Drake was the third. He is my favorite Robin mainly because I find Tim Drake not only to be the most intellectual uh, Robin, uh, being the most clever. Well, but I mean, he discovers he he, yeah, he discovers who Bruce Wayne he, is. He was able to deduce Batman's identity so fast, which is like I'm surprised no one else has done well, the same. It, but I don't I think mean, it was fast. I think he described it himself. At least in Jeff Johns' Teen Titans run, he he mentions that it, it took him like the better part of a year to figure it out. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, that's way after the fact. But, like, in the original storyline where he, like, meets, like, Batman and Bruce Wayne, that was a storyline called uh, A Lonely Place of Dying, which is right after a death in the family. Right, which is where Jason yeah. Todd gets so brutally mangled like and pretty, beaten to death by pretty, Joker. Pretty close to that storyline. And basically, he observes, like, Batman and Nightwing or in action, and he, witness, uh, he witnesses Nightwing doing a very particular kind of acrobatic move and he basically says there's only like one man who's known to be able to do this and that is dick grayson of the haley circus right who had an amazing acrobatic ability that no one was able to mimic and then he's like okay well this is dick grayson so batman must be bruce wayne and it was like that you know it wasn't it wasn't over the better part of year but i mean new 52 and later storylines if it was that easy then why the heck do most villains not figure that out I don't know. Uh, just ignorance or just not, I guess, not. I mean, and that's the thing with Tim is like he's so observant too. Like, yeah, not but I mean, like. Thinks to link like acrobatic moves. Come on, like, there have to be more villain. Like, uh, like Hugo Strange. Well, there's, yeah, Hugo Strange come does on. know that, that Bruce Wayne is Batman. He's one of the few villains who does, but she's like, not to do Freeze, much about Freeze it. would have figured it out. Uh, Riddler knows. Riddler knows, yeah. but I mean, he hasn't always known. Joker knows, but never, he doesn't want to ruin his fun by. Does like, Joker know? He does. He's alluded to it several times. Oh, well, I guess, yeah, but because. Killing the fun joke, right? of like yeah, and and in the Scott Snyder's Endgame where he taunts Batman, but he 
he never wants to refer to him as Bruce Wayne because to him he's always just Batman. But uh, Tim, yeah, Tim has always been my favorite. He's the smartest Robin. He's such an interesting character. Uh, I've always liked his, basically his storylines, uh, how he interacts with other characters, the fact that he's a little bit younger. Um, that's what I've always liked about him. And the thing about him is he didn't have like a huge tragedy that turned him into Robin. He he did it simply because he knew that Batman needed a Robin to rein him in, and that was his main motivation to like become a Robin. Um, which brings us into now your favorite Robin or someone that you maybe is not your favorite, but just Tim Drake is absolutely my favorite Robin. Brian and I both really love Tim Drake, but he's so good. Brian's going to talk about why Dick Grayson is also such a great character. He, Dick Grayson's so great because he's just such a good, in my opinion, he is also a really good counterpart to Batman. Um, he's had such great character progression. That's the thing about yeah, him. Yeah, he went he too. went from being like really vengeful. You know, the fact that he lost his parents the same as Batman allows him to follow like the same sort of story arc. And he's Batman's most trusted ally. He's like the only one who's actually taken on the Batman mantle himself that Bruce trusted. <sighs> which says a lot about like You know, but him. the thing is is that like I'm willing I'm willing to bet that he would that that he would let Tim Drake do it. Yeah, Tim Drake t- uh Batman basically left Wayne Enterprises in Tim Drake's care after he was presumed dead and missing. Yeah, and and he always has a continuous I really have a hard time believing that he wouldn't let Damien do it as well. Fair enough. Yeah. There's been a, quite a few people you know, to like, I'm take pretty on sure, the, the Robin Mantle. I'm pretty sure every true. single I'm pretty sure every single Robin with the exception of Jason Todd and Carrie would probably he Carrie's pro- not in continuity uh yeah but i mean like whatever she was a robin and i'm true. pretty i'm pretty sure that like she was just there because bruce needed somebody yeah, right like he needed, he needed an emotional crutch yeah um, which is why like even just uh, the nature of a robin is so necessary to batman as a character well it 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 prevents his vigilantism from crossing into something much darker yeah exactly um and he was in a really bad place obviously after jason todd died mm-hmm. um so tim drake is great that way but yeah, like the fact the fact that 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 Dick Dick's life follows Bruce's so well, like so closely, but he makes he a doesn't have the same sort of mental uh, actual mental illness problems that Bruce does. Yeah, Br- the thing about Bruce Wayne is he's a fantastic hero, but he borderline is like, yes, yeah, he's mentally he, ill. He's completely and that's fine. Obsessed and consumed by his and that's fine. But Batman. like because Dick doesn't have that, you see, he's he's a lighter character. He's a hopeful character. Yeah, exactly. Like Bruce is always like, and especially with the way that there's Bruce there's, can never crawl out of the hole that he's, he's in. He's he all knows that. he's all doom and gloom. Yeah, and he knows that and darkness and. Despair. Despair and, and everything is always so awful in the world. And Dick is like the he followed the same career, like the f- same life arc, but is everything he brings opposite. inspiration to a lot of people too. Yes, Nightwing is awesome. I especially also like the like he's very well respected amongst the DC community. I like both of the romances though. Yeah, if I'm being honest, like I love Batman's romance with Catwoman. Yeah, and I really like Dick's romance with Starfire. Yeah. Yeah, like him, him he, and Starfire in uh, the the '80s Teen Titans. Not in, not even just that. Well, that's where like, it started. But I know like modern day. I know, even, but yeah. like the way that they continue on and the way that they interact with each other and like how Dick is like this absolute hardened, seen the worst of the world kind of person. Yeah, and Starfire is like this completely naive, so joyous, so hopeful, She's so very innocent, bright, yeah. very They're, pure. It's a really interesting dichotomy and i love the way that they what work about together. dick grayson and barbara gordon as a pair what do you think about that uh, that that has been a thing in the comics so uh ted cord still exists <laughs> that, is, that has also been a thing in the comics is ted, both of them have been ted cord ted cord still points. still is a thing and and so like i i'm not a fan of dick and barbara because i think that barbara fits with ted better yeah yeah that's fair i, I, I don't know that. bat bat family bat family romances just feel a little bit incestuous i guess uh and also just the fact that like it it does lead to problems by being together just because their lives are so crazy like yeah. anything could happen at any it, time it's just right? bizarre and weird and stuff um so yeah I, I dick grayson's dick grayson's my boy he, he's the original robin he's great but more so than that he's a better nightwing than he is as robin which is why we like tim as robin so much yeah he's the perfect robin. exactly i would uh, tim is the perfect robin Dick is just such a much better 
his character. Yeah, in he, he's progressed, and we like him as Nightwing. Again, if than you we do as if Robin. you can if you can pick up that new Fifty Two run of Nightwing that corresponds with the Night of the Owls and the Court of the Owls, I so recommend that you do it yeah, because it's that was great. Even good. the current DC Rebirth Nightwing is really good too. So good. for anyone who's wanting to get into Nightwing, he's a fantastic character. So who's your favorite? Who's your favorite villain? My favorite villain. There's so many good okay, ones, right? Guys, like everyone knows, Batman has the insanest, some of the best rogues ever. I'm not going to say best rogues gallery because that can be debated, but he has some of the best rogues. It's either we'll it's either that. him or Spider-Man, and that can be a discussion for the future as far as rogues gallery. In terms of like top to bottom, like obviously, like if we're talking about like the, the rogues gallery that are really top heavy but still interesting, like obviously X-Men has a really top oh, heavy but interesting absolutely. rogues rogues gallery, and the, the Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four have a really best films have too. a really top I heavy. Agree. It's a really top heavy, right? Like yeah. not no Even no Flash. Has some great villains. No, too. no villain that Batman or Spider Man has can personally, at least for me, be on the same level as like Doom or Magneto. Those yeah. two guys are like well, the as far tippy as Marvel top. villains go. I maintain that Doctor Doom is probably the greatest Marvel villain he's, of all time. He's wonderful. I mean, Magneto's definitely up there. Um, but B- B- Batman but has Batman some really villains. good ones too. Yeah. So like Joker, Hugo Strange, Killer Croc, um, Scarecrow, Freeze, Riddler, yeah, all Penguin. Um, so Clayface, Two Face. You know he has all these iconic villains. Catwoman. There's, there's I, so I many that you can't name. Less a villain. Just yeah. forget them all. So as far as like, okay, who are some of my favorites, or who do I, who, which villains particularly resonate with me? Yeah, like if you see, if you see uh, that there's a new, I mean, obviously you're, you're reading new Batman comics as they're coming out. But if you're like, if they announce like, hey, like we're coming out with a new Bat storyline and it involves this villain, who who, who is it I, that's making you instantly pick it up? Who we haven't seen had a storyline dedicated to them in a while, but who's a really great villain, or not even a villain, is Mr. Freeze. Like, can he be called a villain? His motivations are not villainous. He That's is. The thing. He is a good person doing bad things That's the thing. yeah, for he's not, good reasons. He is not like Joker. He is not insane. Uh, I mean, some would say he is because he's right. going on his quest for his wife, who we know he can never cure, but he wants to anyways there is there is one um there's one panel that i remember um during i think it's a 90s it's it's definitely like based off the 90s animated series cartoon where well that's uh, the the 90s was, cartoon is what gave him his tragic backstory that's where it right, came from right it didn't, um, actually didn't originate and there the is there is uh there's one issue or there's a set of there's a storyline based around Christmas yeah. where it's Christmas Eve oh, and there's one. there's no snow in Gotham and all of a sudden like there's snow and Batman's trying to figure it out and it ends up he ends up fighting Mr. Free he ends up fighting Freeze right and Freeze has got these these guns or whatever and and it, it ends up all backfiring and explodes and he's sitting there and he's like Bruce is just like standing over him and he's like it's Christmas so I'll give you one chance to like explain what the heck you're doing and what's going on and like they're in a graveyard and Freeze points at the grave of Nora his wife and it just says Nora Freeze beloved wife and he's like we were married 10 years ago on a snowy Christmas Eve Nora loved snow she just I thought it sad that there should be none this year and I wouldn't want my Nora to be sad tonight and it's just like the next panel is like a silhouetted, like there's the yeah. gravestone and there's snow coming down and it's free standing there and Batman just hugs him. And that <laughs> just hits you because Batman knows tragedy. Like if anyone yeah. knows and can relate to that, yeah. it's definitely and, Bruce Wayne. Correct. So he would be sympathetic to that. And like the two of them, I don't think they hate each other. They have a very interesting relationship, Batman and Mr. Freeze, which is why I find Mr. Freeze to be such a great addition to Batman's rogues gallery. Well, like... He is such a fascinating character because his motivations are so. Bruce is so different. smart, and I think he can. I think he can. He can relate, right? Like if he could use his smarts to to, to save his parents' life, he would. Yeah. Right. Of course. So like that's exactly what Freeze and, is doing. And yeah, and he understands that, and I think he, in a way, he wants to save Mister Freeze, but he can't because Mister Freeze, like him, is so consumed in his mission. They they just have a completely different outlook. But I feel like they both want the same thing just to to get back what they've lost, right? They both want that same thing, but they go about doing it in very different ways, which is very interesting contrast yeah. as far as their characters go. So and Mr. like Freeze, he's he's the one that I can I can personally identify with the most. Like 
I'm not going to sit here and claim that I am a hundred percent stable human being. Like that's not that's not close to the fact. Every human being has gone through stuff and can relate to like. And so if I if I if I was as smart as Freeze was and like I had the signs to be able to save the person that I cared about absolute most in my life, and like my uh, boss and or funders wouldn't let me do it, I think I would. I think I'd probably do the same shit that Freeze did. Well, that's that's the thing about Batman villains is the whole thing is like they are people and Joker. That was the whole point of the Killing Joke storyline is you know you're one bad day away from being me. How how uh, close? Like, well, how close are each of us to becoming you know a certain? Yeah. Character, okay. Right? There, like, are, there are there are there are villains that are more identifiable with than others, especially in the Bat universe. It doesn't mean that a one bad day can turn. A person into the Joker, and and that was no. the thing is he failed to do that because it didn't work. You know, Gordon did not become like him after which right was what he was kept his to prove. kept his resolve, so he failed. But like Mister Freeze, for example, you know, like you said, like I think all of us would want to do that, right? Yeah, or at least try. So that's why, why that's such a great character. It makes him such a brilliant villain. He has so many cool gadgets and and he's and, great and powers that allow him to. That allow him to come at Batman in different ways, uh, shapes, and forms that don't... Like, I mean, it's obviously Freeze, but, like, at the same time, like, it, it's unique and interesting. And the way that, that Bruce has to go about solving the, mm-hmm. the Freeze problem each time is different. Especially especially because he doesn't want to hurt him. Like, he, yeah, he just he, wants to... He's not out to completely just... It's like, not he like... He wants to help Mr. Freeze. I mean, he wants to help all of them. Like, every single he one does. of the villains is... Even he, Joker, he extended his hand to, like, at he, the end of The Killing Joke. And then him and Joker shared a laugh together basically just saying thanks for your offer but it's too late for me and then he told batman a joke and he laughed and that was that yeah but even then yeah like batman always wants to help his his villains if possible yeah which is really interesting yeah um who else uh by the way for people who are looking for a good free storyline uh this is a recommendation it's actually a movie watch miss uh batman uh sub-zero yes uh, oh my god incredible uh, it, it's a great Mr. Freeze storyline if you want to get into him as a character. It's not very long either, is it? No, it's like a 90, I don't 90 even think minute it's not, I don't even film. think it's 90 minutes. But as far as other villains go, uh, you wanted to talk about Riddler. So tell us, yeah. tell, tell everyone why Riddler is such a great character. So, A, he has he has the same sort of deductive... Uh, it's, I love the Riddler. It's 67 minutes, by the way. It's oh, really? Literally, okay. wow. It's literally yeah. an hour and seven minutes yeah, long. Yeah, so watch that it's guys. super worth a watch if you have if you have an hour to listen to this show you have an hour oh, to go yeah. watch it, it, you have an hour great. to go watch sub-zero yeah um so uh, eddie enigma um of course or it's funny how all of batman's or like a lot of batman's villains their names like imply like what they do as well a he changed he changed his name to that though right like his original name i guess that's is, been retcon too but like yeah like his, his name is edward enigma it, well you, his original name is what Nashton? Yeah, uh, uh, Edward Nashton, and of course Eddie Nash. Occasionally, who, depending yeah. on the crime that he's committing, but um, being a lover of puzzles. Yeah, and so first of all, it, nonsensical storyline reasons, right? Like all of Riddler's stories are really cool and interesting because, like, he, it's it's all it's all like you know who the villain is and you know what the end game is, but like. The wordplay involved in it is All similar. The clues and like, it's similar to reader. listening to like for me at least reading a really good Riddler comic or watching a really good Riddler, Riddler animated segment. Might it's to me much like listening to a really good hip hop album, right? Okay. Like you know what the end game is, but like listening, it's listening like how to you all there. the all the word the wordplay and yeah, punchlines yeah. no, along I, the way. I agree with that. It's unique and interesting, and I love it. It takes you on a journey. His and costume, the clues and stuff. His right? costume and art design is freaking dope too it's so good like, he's had a few different really cool costumes like just the the green suit the, or the all green with the question mark bodysuit is, is great the green suit is great the i bo- like the green suit the, the bowler hat is great the question mark shaped cane is yeah. really oh, cool great. as well um yeah even, I, I prefer him in his green suit even the way that he looks in like the newest animated series where he's like all dark and twisted with like the long hair like yeah, yeah. His his costume design and art design has always been great. Um and his deductive powers are like you know, the he's fact He's a great he's a great f- 
like he's as, a great mirror for Batman. Yeah, as he's not a physical match for Batman, but that's the thing is he's he's almost as smart. Yeah, he's an intellectual match, which makes him always been which makes him really hard for Batman to plan for. Right, like Batman's power is the anti power. He knows what you do, and he's able to counter it because he's His so smart. Contingency plans for everything. He's so smart, yeah. and the reason why I love Rid- like the the, the Riddler Batman matchup. Other than, like, the awesome wordplay and the really cool riddles, like, I always try and solve the riddles before Batman does. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm, really, sometimes I'm really good at it, but, like, I always try and solve those riddles before he does, and it's such a, a cool, unique thing. Like, it's so nostalgic, right? Like, you know, like, the Slylock Fox comics in, in the okay. Saturday morning paper? It's the same kind of nonsense as that. Like, I just, I want to feel like I'm smarter than I am. <laughs> um, but the way, the way that those two play off each other when they finally come, when Batman finally solves all the clues and meets the Riddler face-to-face... It is very much like a a non meta uh Reed Richards versus Doctor Doom. Okay. Yeah. Like it's just two great minds going up against each other, n- trying to outsmart the other one, not understanding what the other one is going to do ahead of time. And it really, really helps Batman and Bruce shine as a really smart human being. When yeah. he is outsmarting really stupid people like Killer Croc or Clayface, it doesn't mean anything. When he is outsmarting brilliant people like Riddler and Hugo Strange, it means something. Yeah, he's he's more than he's more than a fighter or a brawler like he's Yeah. He's just the like very one of the five smartest people he, in the world. He's regarded to be number two. Le- Lex Luthor is said to be the smartest man in DC, but and Bruce s- is said to be number two. And so, like, those those matchups are always insanely interesting for me, specifically because of that reason. Mm-hmm. I would much rather read, like, a, a Freeze comic than a Riddler comic, but Riddler comics... Well, I will... it depends who's writing it, right? Yeah, I mean, okay, that's a good fair. writer, it's like any villain yeah. storyline could be amazing. But right? I, I really do like Killer Croc. I really do like Clayface. Um, I love Slade. Oh, great. Yeah, Deathstroke. He's, Deathstroke is really interesting to, to, to look at. When it's like Harley Quinn single stuff, that's really interesting yeah. to see how like she goes up against Batman. Um, obviously, Red Hood is is fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many, there are where, so many great Where can Batman listeners villains. turn to for a good Riddler story, ooh. in your opinion? Ooh, 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 ooh. I mean, I have one, but I'm curious to know what your favorite Riddler story would be. Um, For me, it, I, it's going to be Snyder's Zero Year, right? Like, I really like Riddler and the Riddle, Riddle, Riddle Factory. Okay, fair, it's, fair enough. It's a one shot, right? And so, like, it's just it's it's just prime Riddler trying to focus on digging up dirt on celebrities. Okay. <laughs> um, and so, like, yeah, it's it's just it's just interesting. Um, he does stuff involving Scarface. Uh, Scarelli, which is like a Gotham City gangster and yeah. stuff like that, but like, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like that. Year one is you're right. Year one is probably yeah, zero, the, zero year. Sorry, for, yeah, zero uh, Snyder's, zero Snyder's years is is the best way to go for that. Um, great, great, but I really Riddler's like I like I really story. like Riddler and the Riddle Factory is like introspecting him by himself, or even the current uh, Batman Rebirth just wrapped up a War of Joke and Riddles, which was like a super long like eight part storyline, and that yeah. was just that was the most recent appearance of Riddler. Um, so if people are looking for really, Riddler, turn it, to that too. After you've read all that to kind of like establish your baseline Riddler knowledge, like he's really he. There's a lot of character progression in yeah, Hush. Yeah, he's he's sweet. There's yeah. a lot of character yeah, progression was, in Hush. He was alone. he was cool in Hush too. Yeah. Um, did you ever watch the '60s Batman series? Uh, who hasn't? Obviously. Well, um, who is your favorite '60s Batman series villain? <sighs> I mean. R- <sighs> I feel like Cesar Romero. What, what was his name again? Was, it was Cesar Romero, right? Yeah. Who played Joker. Yeah. His, his performance. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to remember his name. Yeah. He he was actually a pretty cool '60s Joker. Like I liked him as Joker. Frank Frank Gorshin played the. Yeah, uh, he played Riddler. The Riddler. I liked um, Riddler in that. He was really good in I th- that. I found Penguin to be pretty uh, Julie, enjoyable. Julie Newmar was yep, Catwoman. She was Catwoman. Uh, Burgess Meredith. Yeah. Played the Penguin in that. Yeah. Um, Penguin was great too. In that. Joker was played by Cesar Romero. Yeah, Cesar Romero was uh, Joker. The Freeze was in that. Played by George Sanders. That was when uh, he, his name wasn't even Mr. Freeze at that time. Like he didn't get that name until later on. He was uh, Mr. Zero, uh, in when he was originally created. Yeah, yeah. There's several that. different Mr. Freezes actually during that storyline. Yeah, uh, during that series at least. Uh, mm-hmm. David Wayne is the Mad Hatter. Yeah. Um, they never had Two Face in that in that uh, show. Was he Was he around during that time? Uh, Two Face has been around since he's one of the earliest Batman foes. Are you ready for a real blast from the past? Do you remember King Tut? 
yeah. in, in that show. Of course. He was so goofy and over the top. Yeah. God, that show was good. Uh, if you actually, there's a 66 Batman comic, which yeah. is really good, it's too. It's great. Uh, that's written by uh, Jeff Parker, I yeah. believe, uh, yeah, with it's, art by Mike Allred. Very it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, speaking of multimedia Batman stuff, we've got a little bit more time. Do you want to talk about... Uh, you want to talk about the movies? Yeah, favorite favorite adaptations of Batman outside of comics. Oh, I just wanna I just wanna say we have uh, some more donations. Our new total twenty six thousand five hundred and eighty three dollars and fifty three cents. So fantastic! Thank you to whoever donated. Looks like eighty bucks to us. Sweet. Thank you. Appreciate it. Definitely appreciated. Uh, come down and pick up your comic when you uh, come to pick up the rest of your incentives. Yeah. So as far as like Batman outside of comics, where are like what are some of the best Batman films or yeah, okay. best so animated let's, let's, Batman let's, films? Let's break this into two categories. Talk to me about what your favorite animated Batman okay. is, and then we'll talk about what your favorite live action Batman uh, is. DC has had a great as far as I'm concerned, they've had a pretty good record with their animated films, you know, some Which of them have cannot been so great. be said about their live action films? Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see how. At some point in time, we will discuss that. But yeah, yeah. Um, so tell me then, uh, what is your favorite animated Batman series? What is my favorite animated Batman uh, adaptation? I'd say it's I. You know what? I'm gonna have to go with Batman Under the Red Hood. Yeah, it's really good. That was such an emotional it's and really very good. very well told uh, animated film. Very good adaptation of the comic. Great voice acting. It was so good. I loved. I loved it. That's a good call, man. Probably that one is my favorite. Uh, Bat Batman. Uh, Batman Year One, the animated film, was also really good too. I like that one quite a bit. I haven't had a chance to check it out. If, yet. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, I haven't uh, had a chance. Check it out. That was really good. Uh, as far as you, like, what what's your favorite animated Batman? I really, really like Batman Gotham Knight. Gotham Knight, which that is was one of the first DC animated adaptations. Right, it's a it's a six it's six short anime. So like done by it's it's done by J- Japanese. Like uh, it's um, Japanese. It's uh, watching this all over the place. It's it is a Japanese film, right? Yeah. Like it is it is anime. It is animated and done by a Japanese studio. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, uh, it's based on stuff written by uh, Bruce Tim. Yeah, but it is it's it's directed. Every single short film is is uh, each part is is directed by a fairly famous Japanese yeah, animated it's, director. It, it's inspired by the Nolan Batman films too. Yeah, um, and it, it's six it's six pieces, six parts. Uh, each part's not super long, but every single one is animated by somebody different, directed by somebody different. But like the voices are the same throughout. Yeah, and it tells. It tells a whole bunch of different stories through a whole enjoyable. bunch of through I a whole bunch it. of different yeah it's it's incredible I really recommend checking it out yeah Batman Gotham Knight was really cool um, as far as like Batman shows go Batman the Brave and the Bold was a love letter to Golden and Silver Age comics that was a really enjoyable series it's hard to beat nineties Batman yeah though. but nineties Batman the anime series is always going to be the greatest Kevin Conroy Mark Hamill need I say any more it might definitive voices of Batman and the Joker it might it might be the best animated superheroes superhero anything it changed everything it, it introduced Harley Quinn it gave Mister Freeze his tragic backstory it took. It, so much influence from like like film noir. Yeah, it, visually stuff. it was so good. It was amazing. It was amazing. I don't think there's any. It's going to be really hard for anybody to ever top that. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's a lot of other really good. Like, um, Ultimate Spider-Man is really good. The '90s X-Men comic is really good. The '90s Spider-Man comic is, of course, really good. Some of the newer Batman stuff is is very good. Um, it, I just don't. I don't think there's anything out there that's going to come close. Yeah, to, it, it was so prolific and phenomenal. It, I mean, yeah, can't All right. say enough good things. So All let's right. turn to live action. Live action. Yeah. Hit me up with your favorite movie. Fa- okay. Um, I mean, a lot of people are just going to say Batman: uh, The Dark Knight. You know, the the second in Nolan's trilogy. I don't even think it's the best in Nolan's trilogy. Well, a lot of people are going to say that. Hot I, I'm take. not saying my opinion. I'm saying the general the general consensus is that is the best Batman. Live action film. I really like Batman Begins in that one. Batman Begins in, in was that good. trilogy. Um, but I I like Ben Affleck's take on Batman. Like I like him as Batman. He's so good as Batman, but that movie's so yeah, bad. Yeah, he, he just wasn't serviced well by a good script. That movie and a was good movie. really bad. But a good Batman uh, solo film with Ben Affleck in a role could be a really good Batman movie. 
That's there's we'll one. Have to see. Is there one coming up, or is he? There is. Uh, it, I think it should start filming in 2018 with the 2019 release date. Oh right, because they're just doing Justice League yeah, stuff right it's now. It's getting right? directed by uh, uh, Matt. Yeah, it's it's going to be directed by Matt oh, Reeves. Oh, that should be okay though. Hopefully, uh, at least. So yeah, ho- I I'm expecting good things from that. So that could be really great. But as long as they don't try to cram too many storylines. That doesn't there. exist yet, so I can't say it's my favorite. So I guess right now, um, I'm going to say Dark Knight and Batman Begins are. Just those those two. Batman Begins is really really yeah, good. I, Liam Neeson as 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 Ra's al Ghul is incredible. But we can dial it back a bit to some of the '90s films. I know you have an opinion which oh, may not be super popular, but let's hear it. Okay, so like, don't 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 get this twisted. I really like the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Yeah, I mean, those are fine. Those are. I don't. So f- okay. here comes here comes two hot takes on the back to back. First, I don't like Michael Keaton as Batman. I never liked him as Batman I, either, to be honest. He is such... So I'm in agreement. There are too many scenes in those movies... He was a bad Bruce Wayne to me. ...where he smiles, and it looks so goofy in the bad costume. Mike, Michael Keaton has that smile that he does. I know the one you're referring to. It's so yeah. bad. And so Tim Burton... Tim Burton's movies are actually like really well-directed. They're kooky. They're colorful they're interesting the storylines are great yeah the, the but directing wasn't bad in, i just in not, the first one i'm not big on keaton i love michael keaton as an actor hate him as batman yeah he's so agreed. good he's so good as beetlejuice he's really good as the vulture yeah, in, in in the newest um in the newest spider-man, Spider-Man movie yeah. he's so good i like michael keaton as an actor i just didn't like him as bruce wayne or batman no, I, I didn't like him as bruce wayne at all and so i didn't like him and i super don't like jack nicholson as the as the joker yeah i mean a lot of people are gonna say they really like nicholson i well a lot of people like Heath Ledger, but a lot of people are also going to say Nicholson right. was, was one of the I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I would say Cesar Romero is a better Joker. Correct. In my opinion. He portrayed that wonderful I want to see Joker. I want to see Mark Hamill do Joker. Why not? Like live action. Live action. I mean, he Mark can Hamill. Do voice, but like, what would he look like? Though, His face Joker? is already really scarred. I get. I mean, that, that's an interesting idea. I was thinking maybe Willem Dafoe as Joker. Ooh! What do you think about Willem Dafoe doing Joker? See, okay, I mean, we have Jared Leto now as Joker. Uh, I, did not like I thought the tattoos, that whole aesthetic that they went for, I hated Suicide so, Squad. I thought it was awful. I did not like he, it one bit. Willem Dafoe as Joker would be incredible, but like, do you not think there'd be way too much like weird crossover in between him being the Green Goblin? I just think he could do a good Joker. Speed Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he could be a good Joker, though, and that that curiosity, like, I just want to see him as Joker. He'd be really good. I don't know if he'd be able to do the. Oh no, yeah, he'd be able to do the voice. Oh yeah, and the laugh. And, and Hashtag I think could, Willem Dafoe for Spider-Man. I think him in the makeup and <laughs> for Batman. Sorry, <laughs> I think him in the makeup and everything. Like, I think he could do the at, smile. Oh my! The thing is, goodness. is he's already in a DC movie now. He's going to be in the Aquaman movie. He's playing. Uh, he's playing Volko, uh, Aquaman's he, advisor. Yeah. That's who Willem Dafoe is playing. Uh, so he's already in the D. So we're not going to ever get him as as Joker, unfortunately. I still think Mark Hamill would be great. But going going on to your favorite Bat film, uh, you I like Batman Forever. Yeah, this is hot take s- number two. I were saying, my favorite Batman movie is Batman Forever. Yes, Val Kilmer sucks. There's no getting around that. But but Joel Schumacher does such a good job. Though that movie looks and feels like a ramped up better version of Warren Beatty's Dick Tracy. It had a very interesting visual. It's so it. unique. Everything is so over the top. The Batmobile is over the top. It's got so many unique gadgets. The costumes are colorful. Robin's costume is shiny and colorful. Uh, Two-Face looks brilliant he in looked, that movie. He the, looked just like Silver Age 2 the, the makeup is on freaking point. Tommy Lee Jones, He's out of his mind in that <laughs> Tommy movie. Tommy Lee Jones. He was... does such a good job as Two-Face in that yeah, movie. That was, a, that was a very interesting portrayal. There are two different... There are two different Two Faces, right? Like, there's the insane Two Face that you see in like Frank Miller's Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight Returns, and then there was a very calm, calculated Two Face that you see in in like the '90s animated series. Yeah, but like, there's also kind of like a psychotic but almost funny Two Face, which is what I guess kind of more like with Tommy. Kind of the comical. Yeah, comical that's kind of more with Tommy, like Tommy Lee, Jones. Lee Jones. That was what he went for, and he did such a good job. And of that it. does harken back to like Silver Age stories. So, like, yes, he was pulling from existing. And Jim stuff. Carrey is so good as the Riddler. Not only... Yeah, Jim Carrey is a very charismatic 
he's Very a charismatic guy. That scene where he figures out where Two Face lives because he's super smart, and he's in Two Face's lair, and he's like prancing around. He's like, "It's so you, <laughs> and yet so you." Yeah, like it's, Carrie was Carrie was having a fun time filming that. I'm sure so good. Ah. Oh. My goodness. It made me, it's what made me fall in love with the Riddler in the first place. Yeah. Right? Like, watching that, insane. Uh, that was 1995 yes. when that movie came out. Uh, Dr. Chase, Meridian Chase. Yes. Very attractive. Very good, very good bat interest. Yeah. Uh, Val Kilmer wasn't, like, the worst in the world. I think he's actually an okay Batman, just a really bad Bruce Wayne. Um, Do you think he looked like Bruce Wayne? I didn't think Michael no. Keaton even looked remotely uh, like Bruce Wayne. I think Val Kilmer looked more like Bruce Wayne than Michael Keaton did. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, I, don't, I still I still don't think he looked that much like Bruce Wayne. Ben Affleck is Bruce Wayne. Yeah, Ben Affleck does look like... He ben, looks like 90s animated series Bruce Wayne. Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne. he looks like Wayne. comic Bruce Wayne, too. He's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that's, that's the end of it. Pierce Brosnan could also probably do a fairly when good... When he was in his prime, like during yeah. the James Bond During the James days, Bond like era. 90s, yeah. 90s if he put Brosnan. on an American accent... Maybe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he could do it. interesting to see. I mean, it's never going to happen, but he could have done it. Um, what well, could have been? He could be old man Bruce in like a Batman Beyond like, uh, live action yeah, film. Speaking of, that would be a cool That would be a cool movie. If we can get like things like Blade Runner 2049 with amazing Batman visuals. Beyond. Imagine Neo-Gotham in like, the future. Great. That'd, That'd be, be so cool. cool to see. Um, so anyways, back, back to Batman Forever, right? Like The storyline is interesting and awesome. You know, the fact that, that, that the Riddler has a different backstory, granted, but, like, goes insane because Bruce Wayne and his and, his, and Wayne Foundation uh, or Wayne the Wayne Corporation shrug him off. Yeah. Um, the fact that he's really into puzzles, the fact that he designs all this stuff himself, the fact that he's, he outsmarts Bruce Wayne mm. with, the, with the television box and learns who Bruce Wayne is because of that. So cool. Yeah. So cool. And then the way he, like, the way that things go at the end with uh, him getting like all deformed and like getting crushed by the giant two-faced coin like it's just <laughs> and then he gets locked up at arkham at yeah. the very end and he knows yeah. batman's identity but no one believes nobody him, believes him because he's insane that's the thing and of course of course it has it has robin in that uh, it has it has two really funny robin scenes in that movie one where where before he figures out bruce wayne is batman but before he becomes robin and he steals the batmobile and goes out cruising for yeah. ladies in the batmobile oh my goodness hey baby do you want to take a ride in my love machine like oh that my is so that was uh chris o'donnell yeah played robin he he played Robin in, in Batman and Robin, but we're not going to talk about that because George Clooney is really bad as Batman, and he knows it too. Oh. Like he's, he's gone on record to say, you know, apologize for his yeah, yeah. portrayal of Batman. Oh. That um, movie was something else. But the other the other line when they find when they when they wash up on shore of of like the Riddler's hideout, uh, and, <laughs> and and Chris O'Donnell has holy rusted metal Batman. And, he, and, and, and and Kilmer's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, it's it's rusted metal. It's full of holes. Holy rusted metal. Like, <laughs> it's just such a. It was just such a callback to like Burt yeah, Ward, right? The sixties. It was such a callback, and it was that entire movie is just a callback to Silver Age Batman stuff. It's it's great. I I I love that movie. It's it's it, one of those movies that's so bad that it, it's it like moved yeah, around and you, has become. You know, good it's for a me. bad film, but it's like yeah, there. I can salvage some enjoyment out of it and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, good movie. I'm gonna go home and watch that tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and watch that movie tonight. Batman, Batman Forever. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's what I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be live tweeting it on uh, our Twitter. Oh, okay, at well, BTP Comic that, UMFM. I'm, I'm gonna be tweeting. I'm gonna be live tweeting me watching. Potentially some pictures, definitely some hilarious gifts. Oh, do you want to take a ride on my love, Gene? <laughs> I bet there's so many from that film. Uh, okay, okay. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we go to the wrap up? Let's, uh, yeah, let's let's talk about some things that we're looking forward to as far as comics this week. Um, new releases, bestsellers, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So uh, some of the new releases that I'm really interested in. Obviously, I'm not going to get around to reading all of these, but I uh, I really I would like to if I have the opportunity. Uh, Aquaman number twenty nine, uh, Batman number thirty three. Uh, Start of a new story arc. Yes. For people who are just jumping in or curious about that, they wrapped up a War of Joker and Riddles, so now they're starting a new Batman story arc. Correct. Uh, Batman the Drowned number one, which is of course more from Dark Knight's Metal. They've been doing a ton of one shots. I'm really excited for this. It's probably going to be really the, good. The collected edition release will be cool because I'm sure it'll have the core event and all the tie-ins. So yeah, probably. Just waiting uh, for that. Green Arrow 33. 
uh, Injustice number twelve, Injustice two number twelve. Which is have you been reading uh, current Injustice stuff? I haven't. I'm waiting for a collected okay. volume yeah, of it because I, I know I, of I know it's really heavy. Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. Okay, yeah. So I'm really that's excited fair. for that. Uh, teen, all right, that's just Titans number sixteen. Uh, and then yeah, of course up Titans. on the Marvel side of things, Incredible Hulk seven oh nine, which is new this is all new Marvel legacy yeah. stuff. So uh return to Planet Hulk, baby. Just in time for a new Thor film. I wonder if that's a coincidence. I uh, think not. I don't think so. No. They they always do that. Anytime a anytime a new MCU film comes out, their comics always reflect. Uh Invincible Iron Man five ninety three. Of that, course, these are all really daunting, scary numbers, but they are brand new. Yeah, they are brand new story arcs. And Please don't forget return that. Return to a lot of of like classic uh, storytelling, it's just yeah they they are continuing the old numbering, so it can be a little bit. They are brand new. Be a little bit uh, scary. Mighty Thor seven hundred, which Ooh, landmark can't be a coincidence. Nope. Uh, Spider Gwen number twenty five, which is of course the first part of the Gwenum series. Now, why don't you tell us a little bit about Spider Gwen? Okay, so Dan Slott has been writing Spider Man for forever. It seems and ever. like. Uh, ever. Uh, and in not too long ago, like 2015, he had a he had an event called Spider Verse, where he basically introduced. Uh, well, he didn't introduce, but like it took place in a bunch of alternate realities of all these different Spider Men and alternate universe takes on Spider Man. And in one of those universes, uh, Peter Parker died instead of Gwen, and Gwen was Spider Gwen. Right. And that became so popular, just some one-off idea that. Gwen, you know, uh, Spider-Gwen has spinned, it's spinned off into its own title. It's become a huge hit. A lot of people like it. Seems to be doing well, so. And, of course, it, it, it involves some really interesting things. So this Gwenum one, of course, is going to be symbiote stuff. Yeah, dealing with so that. So it, I'm really interested to see how Gwen, because she's a completely different person than Peter is, how Gwen deals with the symbiote and black suit Spidey. Yeah. Um, now, of course, this one is close and near and dear to your heart. Do you know who the crime kingpin is? In the Gwen in the Gwen universe, the oh uh, the crime kingpin in the the Gwen the the Gwen in Spider Gwen universe. universe. Do you know who do you know who the crime kingpin been, is? I haven't been reading Spider Gwen. It's Matt Murdock. Ah, that doesn't surprise me actually. That in that universe he'd be the kingpin. Yeah, he's the okay. kingpin, and he's yeah, he's really good. That, so that's interesting. Yeah, and and she like. She's Spider Gwen is in a relationship with Matt Murdock as the oh, Kingpin. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so it's it's really good. Okay. I, I super recommend that you check if you are not I going keep home. I've read a lot of comics, but that's one I haven't you, been currently. If reading. you're not going home, you're, you need to read this. It's okay. only twenty five, so like, it's only yeah, issue twenty five. They, they, they got a deluxe edition out for that, and yeah. I'm sure they're they're collecting so that into check it out. Try to pick volumes. it up. That's um, interesting. Okay, so this is this is tangentially related. Of course, it is comic book related. Uh, underneath Boom Comics, they are releasing the first episode of Rugrats. Rugrats. Yeah. yeah. So, like, quick, quick, like out of your uh, top five '90s comics or '90s Nickelodeon, '90s stuff. Nickelodeon series. Yeah. Uh, what are my favorites? Yes, we got Hey Arnold, Doug, Cat Dog, uh, obviously Rugrats. Uh, what would five be though? I don't know. I don't know. Red and Stimpy? Yeah, yeah. I Rocco's guess so. Modern yeah, Life. Yeah, pro- probably one of those. Then yeah. those are pretty good. Yeah. I like all those. I'm also a real big fan of of Rocket Power. Yeah. Of course, me like being a, an athlete and really involved in sports. Like like all the stuff that was involved in that was just. It also invented like one of the all time best words. In the entire history of English lexicon, shooby, which is of course reference to a tourist that's walking around with socks and like brown strap-on leather sandals. That's amazing. I love that. Shooby's such a great word. So um, there's that. There's that coming um, up. Also, uh, SpongeBob. Yeah, obviously the, SpongeBob. Late late nineties Nickelodeon. The first four seasons of SpongeBob are the best four seasons of written television. Ever the the writing was so ever so clever. It's so series. good. I watched that and I pick up on things that I didn't see. You know when I originally watched that. When I watched, I think everyone does. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, so what do you? Uh, oh, the bestsellers list of last week. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight's Metal number three. Action Comics nine eighty nine. Detective Comics nine sixty six. 
Mr. Miracle yes, number three. Everyone, read Mr. Miracle. It's probably the best, one of the best things that DC is putting out right now. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 789, which is, of course, Marvel Legacy stuff. So it's Dan making the Slott's rebound. run ends at 800, by the way. Well, so he's almost and, done. And, 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 as you informed me today, yes, Nick Spencer. Nick Spencer will, will be taking over Amazing Spider-Man. Nick Spencer. Of, I believe, yeah, as of after 800. Do you so. think, do you think he brings, okay, first of all, there's no way he doesn't bring in the awesome, unique, quirky humor from Superior Foes. Do you think he like brings in like the Superior Foes gang? Do we get a crossover? I, I think we might get a return to those characters. It's, it's yes. hey, anything's possible, man. Give Anything can happen. Give me that. We'll see. Please. Okay, uh, uh, Flash thirty two, Wonder Woman yeah. thirty two, Hal Jordan, <laughs> big surprise. Yeah, no, no. Hal Jordan no and the shock. Green Lantern Corps number thirty, Justice League of America sixteen, and Baby Teeth number five. Do you know anything about Baby Teeth? I haven't been reading. Who's who's publishing? I that? have no idea. Let's look this up really quickly. Um, so, like, what are you what are you reading? Next, well, well, tomorrow's being Wednesday. Uh, new Green Arrow, new Superman, new Batman issue, all thirty-three for those series. Aftershock, Baby uh, Teeth okay. is Aftershock. Yeah, I'm familiar with the publisher. Haven't read that comic. Uh, written by Donny Cates. Yeah, uh, Donny Cates is, is doing a lot of Marvel Gary stuff Brown. right now. Uh, the tagline on this I is: I do know Donny Cates. Uh, Sadie Ritter, a sixteen-year-old, uh, is sixteen-year-old. Is 16 years old, nine months pregnant, and scared out of her sweet, nerdy mind. Okay. Having a baby that young is tough, but with the support of her loving family behind her, everything should be okay. Mm. Oh, yeah. Her baby is also the Antichrist and is going to break open the barriers between the earthly and demonic planes and unleash eternal suffering to all humankind. (laughs) A blend of family drama and supernatural. (laughs) Hmm. Huh. Okay. I actually might want to read that. <laughs> that well, sounds kind of interesting. Well, I do know Donny Cates, so interesting. <laughs> cool. Um, so, yeah. That is, that's everything that's coming up in the next little bit. Get be. your pledges in, of course. If you want to hit us up, our smooth operators, 204-474-6610 or at umfm.com slash pledge. Of course, you can email us, uh, beyondthepanelumfm at Gmail, or check us out on Twitter, beyondthepanel, or btpcomic at uh a BTP comic, UMFM. Yeah. God, it's the worst Twitter handle of all time. I'm so stupid for making it. <laughs> um, of course, uh, if you donate to this show over $25, you get to take home one of these lovely comics or one of the lovely ones if there are more than enough people. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate Super you. Super grateful to everyone who donated and, and is supporting us. And until next time, we'll see you next mission. See ya.